we're here with Colonel Douglas McGregor, who joins us live. How you doing, sir? Fine, thanks. How are you, Dave? I'm doing great, and I wanted to have you on because I don't like the sound of this story here, uh, here in the Hill. It says, Kinzinger introduces AUMF to defend Ukraine if Russia uses chemical, biological, or nuclear weapons. Uh, that's an authorization of the use of military force, similar to what got us in to those never-ending wars in the Middle East. What do you make of this development, this Representative Adam Kinzinger? Isn't he on his way out anyways? Uh, well, David, you're absolutely right to be extremely suspicious of this whole process. Uh, this authorization for the use of military forces turned out to be a surreptitious way to get a declaration of war without having to consult the American people and without having to ask the Congress to commit itself. And it's very dangerous. Uh, they talk about nuclear, biological, or chemical. Well, the probability of that happening is pretty low, if, if not practically non-existent. The problem is that doesn't exclude the possibility of a so-called false flag, where somewhere, some, somehow, someone reports something that's happened that hasn't and sets events in motion that could result in the United States being dragged into a war against Russia in Eastern Europe. Yeah, it, it totally doesn't make any sense why they would do this. They seem hell-bent on having a, a, a hot conflict with a nuclear power, and I don't understand, what is their calculus here? Do you think this is something that could actually pass? Uh, you know, at this point, it's it's hard to tell. You have a lot of people on the Hill who are listening, as, as always, to their so-called donors. Donors tend to decide elections, unfortunately, not voters. They're not necessarily listening to anybody in their districts or states who are clamoring for war. Uh, there's not much evidence for that. The latest polls show well north of 70% of Americans who are being polled oppose war with Russia. Now, that doesn't mean they don't disapprove of what's happening. It doesn't mean that they're unwilling to send aid or assistance to Ukraine. But it's pretty clear that Americans have uh, said we do not want to engage in war in Ukraine with Russia. So I think you're dealing with a group of people on the Hill uh, that, think this is a way to create a hot war. And in their minds, Russia represents an obstacle to our military hegemony in Europe and Asia. Um, I'm not sure how they reached that conclusion, but Russia, after all, is uh, not as we think we are, a liberal democracy, though, as I just pointed out, if donors are deciding elections, not voters, it doesn't sound as though we qualify as a liberal democracy. But uh, the view is that if these people are different from us and don't share our values, uh, then they uh, deserve the worst. Uh, I don't think that's correct, and obviously I oppose it. I think most Americans would think that's insanity. But Kinzinger is not alone. There are plenty of people that support him. I would urge every one listening to your program to take the time to call, just pick up the phone, call their respective representatives or senators and say, we want nothing to do with this, because that'll put a stop to it. That's what happened to Obama when he tried to begin a bombing campaign in Syria. People simply flooded the uh, phone lines, and suddenly everything stopped, and he walked away from it. So I think we have to be prepared to do the same thing now. And you mentioned the possibility of having a false flag in the... Um 
you know, I'm looking at this New York Post story that was published yesterday. It says, heroic ghost of Kiev fighter doesn't actually exist. Ukraine admits it. They said, the ghost of Kiev is a, is a superhero legend whose character was created by Ukrainians. That's what Ukraine's Air Force Command wrote on Facebook. Yet, you know, they have all these little fictions popping up. And I'm sure, the, you know, the Russians are doing their own little psyops, too. Of course, that's what you do in these wars. But it's a very uh, disturbing, reckless, and, and anti-American thing to do, to do an AUMF in the middle of this when, like you had mentioned, and as they've done in the past, they're okay with making up stuff if it helps justify their effort. They really want us involved over oh. <clears throat> Absolutely, and <clears throat> I don't know what the levels of corruption are, but I suspect there's a great deal of it right now. There are certainly large numbers of people who are on the verge of making enormous quantities of money with the arms industry simply because, as various countries in Eastern Europe ship their old junk to Ukraine, uh, those inventories of weapons and tanks and equipment have to be backfilled, and the backfilling is done by American military industry. So I'm sure there's a certain amount of that. The, the bottom line is, this is something we don't want to be involved with. We have serious problems here inside the United States, serious problems on our border, serious problems with criminality in our cities. This is the last thing that we ought to be involved with. Uh, yet, you're right. Uh, this is an attempt to do precisely that. And the only thing that we can do in response to this is make it clear we don't support it, in which case this uh, phony authorization for the use of military force won't pass. And by the way, I, I think Americans should be prepared over the next few months to discover just how frequently they've been lied to in the course of uh, this war in Ukraine. I think they're going to find out that much, if not 80% of everything they've been told about Ukraine and what's happened there is wrong and false. You know, it's a far cry from the days of, uh, I'm thinking of the, the past, and uh, past conflicts where uh, industrialists like Andrew Carnegie would fight against wars. It seems like all of the richest uh, forces active in politics and don donations really don't, not all of them, but at least the ones that are really involved, seem to really be excited about war. I don't see the old-fashioned uh, industrialists stepping up and saying, excuse me, uh, the donor class says stop the escalation of war here. Yeah, the problem is that people have concluded erroneously <clears throat> that war is something that happens in someone else's country. It's some something that happens on foreign soil. It doesn't happen here. And they're wrong. We live in a very different world now. <clears throat> You're dealing with a major power like Russia. The war can come here to the United States, whether it's conventional or nuclear or both. And Americans need to sober up very quickly and understand that. This is not Iraq uh, or any uh, Middle Eastern or African or small Latin American state that can be bullied by American military power. It's a very dangerous situation. <clears throat> Imagine uh, how we would react if we were if we had Russia and China meddling in Mexico uh, with their forces and pushing their equipment in there and pushing their missiles into the into the mountains near Guadalajara threatening the American heartland. Yeah, I'm sure all hell would break loose in the United States. I think we need to back away, and we have to become very, very suspicious of most of what the media says. Because the media doesn't fact-check. <clears throat> the media is on board with the Biden administration, collectively, in pushing for war with Russia. So, when, 
you know, I've heard, it, I, maybe I'm wrong here, but I, I remember reading something recently. One of those nuclear uh, weapons they have in Russia can blow up a size, a, a space the size of France. Is that right, or am I here, did I hear that wrong? Can you explain to us this, the scope of the deadly weapons that are available against us here if we go that hot war route? Well, I think we just need to understand that our civilization is fragile. Civilization is always fragile. And you have enough explosive power in Russia's nuclear arsenal to devastate civilization on this planet. It's not just a question of, you know, how much of New York City or Los Angeles or Southern California or uh, Eastern uh, Maine could be destroyed in a nuclear attack. Uh, I guarantee it that those things could be done. The question is, what are the long-term effects? And once you start using nuclear weapons, you have fallout, nuclear fallout that threatens to destroy vast areas of the United States, North America, Eurasia. You talk about poisoning fields that are otherwise very, very fertile and produce food. We could go on and on. The bottom line is no one should doubt the dangerous quality of nuclear weapons. Don't believe people that say, oh, well, it's not that bad, and the Russians can't do this or that. That's utterly false. You know, I hear that from time to time. It's very dangerous. You need to walk away from that. No use of any nuclear weapon is the right way to go. We should have a no-first-use policy, and essentially everyone should sign up for that. The Chinese already have it. And we need to stop listening to people and say, oh, well, they say that, but they're lying. Clearly, our government has lied a great deal for a long time about a great many things. We can go all the way back to the Gulf of Tonkin revolution, resolution and that event that never even happened that helped to precipitate our intervention in Vietnam, and we can go forward from there. Remember the mushroom cloud over Washington if we didn't attack Iraq and go into Baghdad. All this nonsense needs to be kept in mind because the nonsense isn't going to end until Americans say we've had enough. And that's why I say again, the very thought of this AUMF, of this man Kinzinger, who's extremely irresponsible and dangerous, even suggesting such a thing, that should provoke the American electorate. People should be ringing phones off the hooks uh, on the Hill and telling their representatives and, and senators, forget it. We want nothing to do with this.